You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, welcome, good morning, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. From Wednesday morning breakfast show, 28th of December, 2022, with myself, Kayum, and joining me this morning is my young brother, Athar. Good morning, peace be on you, brother. Peace be upon you uh, as well, and peace be upon you all, dear listeners. This is, you know, the last uh, Wednesday show of this year. Inshallah, we'll be, you know, carrying on next year as well. And uh, we aim to have a very good year next year as well, as, uh, as you know, just as this year was, God in terms willing. of the breakfast show. God willing, amen, amen, amen. Um, as always, um, starting off with uh, the weather, it's, uh, it's actually a mild morning. It's wet. It has been raining, but mm. uh, the cold has kind of, Died down. It's kind of died down, yeah. Hasn't it? Mm. Or is it just me? It's no, just no, no, my no. old bones. No, no, no. It's, it's died down, definitely. <laughs> it's a good thing mm. um, in one way. It's a bad thing in another. But I think uh, much rather have the cold less and uh, than, than uh, yeah. comparatively to the definitely, rain. Definitely. Um, but uh, as always, um, whatever you're doing out there, if you're driving, walking, cycling, just make sure that uh, you are safe. Um, and uh, you are um, equipped mm. properly, um, be it in your car, be it uh, when you're walking, you've got your uh, your beanie on, you've got your your coat or your your umbrella, um, and mm. uh, the visibility is very important. It gets dark very quickly yeah. um, at this time of year, and the sunrise is fairly late, so when you are out in the morning or coming back in the evening, make sure um, you are wearing clothes where you are visible to cars, bikes. Mm, mm. Um, it might not be uh, an idea Especially of if you're a cyclist. Statement. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it might not be the best fashion statement, mm. but uh, much rather look uh, unfashionable mm. than to be injured or, God forbid, um, be hit. Definitely. Uh, because you weren't seen by... Uh, you know the 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 car or whatever hmm. um, 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 other vehicle it might be. One one hopes and prays that yeah. my God keeps everyone safe and and uh, takes everybody to their destinations in a good time. But uh, it is always the responsibility of yourself hmm. to ensure that you are protected and you are taking uh, responsibility of your own actions. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Talking about the weather, uh, it's a band of rain will sweep across UK from the southwest, uh, <coughs> falling uh, locally heavy and persistent, especially in the north and the west in the morning. Strong winds in the south. Cloud will break overnight, especially in southern and central areas. It will remain cloudy in the north. Scotland will have patchy rain. Further south, scattered showers at first, but drier um, later. Um Yesterday we spoke about the, the the unfortunate scenario that's hitting United States, where a number of people have have died, and today that figure has gone up to sixty um, in Buffalo, in New York, where deadly blizzards have left uh, more than sixty dead uh, in the United States. And uh, our hopes, uh, our 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 uh, prayers are with the families of the people who have lost their loved ones because of simply because of weather and the cold. Um, and uh, you know, it it uh, it's sad to see how people are suffering through this weather and, and losing their lives um, in in such a manner. But 
yesterday I was watching this this uh, news article and uh, they were talking about how January is mm. going to be a very very cold mm. month. It's going to be very challenging. Um and and it it kind of <coughs> links in with uh, what we are going to be talking about after eight o'clock. Yeah, definitely. In uh, our second segment, in our second we'll segment, we'll be discussing, yeah. you know, the uh, winter, the winter climate, and how it will be, you know, how it can um, affect affect us. Yep, uh, how climate change yeah. is is uh, is is uh, uh, showing its colours. Hmm. Uh, I suppose it's something that we've always spoken about now, but we're seeing it in action. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's it's one of those things where seeing is believing. Mm. We've spoken about it for so long, mm. but now if one was to look at the summer and if one was to look at the 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 summer just mm. went, mm. if one was to look at uh, you know, um, we actually <coughs> saw snow in London yeah. after a decade, mm. uh, and uh, we're talking about the weather across the world. Yeah, it ain't normal. Mm. It is changing, mm. and. Uh, the disbelievers need to start believing because seeing is believing. But um, so that's something we will discuss after uh, our um, eight a, after the eight a.m. news in our second segment. But just to have a quick look at what the newspapers um, are talking about: the looming prospect of further strike action in the new year features heavily on the front pages. The TSSA rail union is planning to escalate strikes in the new year, according to. The Eyes lead story. Um, a, spokesperson, a spokesperson told the paper that a uh, different group of workers, um, including station staff and controllers, will be balloted about industrial action separately. This will allow each group to walk out on a different day within the same week, causing more disruption. Um, some Conservative MPs have told the Daily Mail that unions are plotting a de facto general strike in 2023, um, I mean, I'm quite surprised that uh, the, the 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 members of parliament are suspecting this now. I mean, every single industry mm. is unhappy at the moment with yeah. respect of pay or conditions. Um, it, uh, sometimes, it, sometimes it it just I'm baffled mm. as to normal ordinary people who are not, you know. You know, it it who who can see hmm. that people are not happy? Yeah, doctors, lawyers, nurses, teachers—you hmm. name the profession—they're not happy. So across and, the board, exactly. Yeah. So when all of these people are saying, "Look, meet us halfway, give hmm. us something to hmm. go on," hmm. then of course there's going to be a general strike. Of course, it's common yeah. sense that these people are going to get together and say, "You know what?" Hmm. We've had enough. We've had enough. Mm. You know, what's the point of me going to work mm. and coming back from work and then having to go to a food bank to feed my kids? Yeah. What am I working for? Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? It it's like um, you know they need to and and again, people are not uh, asking for you know they keep on going on about the seventeen percent or the nineteen percent. Mm. It's just a starting point. It's a starting point, yeah. but you know, in Scotland, the, the it was the same, and they came back mm. with I think it was seven or eight percent they agreed with. Mm. Fine, mm. no strikes. Yeah, get to the table. That's mm. what people elected um, members of parliament for. And I sometimes think mm. members of parliament forget yeah. they're public servants. Yeah, 
Definitely. We're the public. Definitely. Who's the servant? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, hmm. I but, think but it seems to be like as if it's the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that narrative needs to change. Hmm. That narrative does need to change. There seems to be an element of, um, of of this hierarchical arrogance hmm. that has started to develop in our political arena. Definitely. Not just one party across the board. Hmm. That uh, you know this notion that they forget that they are here to serve the people. Yeah. And and because uh, it, I always find it strange that they all talk about uh, uh, the interest rates going up, but and to the best of my knowledge, the, that uh, you know their pay comes from the taxes of hmm. people. Hmm. They part and parcel of their packages is their mortgages are paid, their rent is paid, yeah. their gas is yeah. paid, all of their bills are paid, and their starting salary is around eighty one k a year. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Starting salary. Starting salary. Yeah. As well as they get to claim expenses. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're looking yeah. at you know the three figures hmm, definitely, easily. Definitely. Easily. Hmm. Um, yet, uh, yet they they do make the most bizarrest of the. They claims. have second and third jobs. Yep. Yeah. And they make the bizarrest hmm. of expense claims. Hmm. You know, looking after horses or something like that, exactly. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it is it is. Um, you know, I was speaking to um, one of my relatives recently, and they were, they're, they're from Germany. Mm-hmm. So they were telling me that uh, their minimum wage recently went up as well. It was like nine-something euros. It's gone up to 12. So the government, at least they're doing something, right, mm-hmm. over there to help their citizens during this cost-of-living crisis. Europe, you know, with all of its, with all of its uh, uh, you know, the, the, the cons and the pros... Mm. Europe tends to, I mean, I was looking at it yesterday. I mean, I was looking at France. I mean, mm. everybody's anti-France and everybody talks France this, France that. Yeah. But their, their energy prices have gone up by 4% mm. because the French government have capped it. Mm. They have said, nope, yeah. we're not going to allow this to affect the lives of our people. Mm. Um, huge, huge uh, bailout packages have come out for mm. to help the people. In in all the other European countries, yep. I mean, they've they've done a collective job. Hmm. I'm not saying it's fantastic, um, but we seem to be always the one playing catch up. Hmm. We always do things in 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 uh, after yeah, the event, definitely, definitely. and and uh, it's it's it gets sometimes. Hmm. It sometimes is frustrating, and um, and Brexit was like I think it was a big U-turn as well for us. Yeah, hmm. it was. You know, and, the right and direction. We and we, we, just... we we've kind of sometimes. Sometimes it's very difficult to uh, defend hmm. uh, somebody laughing at yeah. your home hmm. because you sit there and listen and you think, hmm. yeah, I know what you're saying is right. Yeah. And you think to yourself, what it's, am I supposed to it's say? It's a shame. It's a shame. But yeah. there's literally nothing you can say. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and you know you want you don't want to agree with them hmm. because at uh, end of the day you don't want to kind of you know, talk your own country down, mm. but sometimes it's so difficult, mm. um, and it's an embarrassment mm. that some of our leaders uh, across the board, and again, yeah. I will say across the board, I'm not talking about one party, because mm. the behaviour of our politicians, our people who are supposed to govern us, mm. uh, across the board, is is self-serving. It's not no. for the country. No, it's about politics. And that becomes, it becomes embarrassing. Hmm. Uh, it is getting to that point. Um, the Daily Telegraph says the walkouts are causing untold damage to the economy, arguing the government tends to needs to consider much more robust ways of breaking strikes. 
The paper also talks with ministers to introduce legislation across unions to provide a minimum service in industries. The Times says an overhaul of the government's counter-extremism programme. Um, this was quite interesting to me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the actual programme, which is called Prevent, has been delayed by a cabinet round between Home Secretary Suella Braverman and levelling up Secretary Michael Gove. The paper reports that Miss Braverman is ready to publish an independent review that was completed in the summer and to accept all its recommendations, but adds she wants to remove from the report the names of individuals and groups accused of extremism over fears the Home Office could be exposed to libel claims. However, according to the article, Mr Gove believes the names should be published to provide the most accurate picture of extremism. I think this will be a very interesting uh, um, it, it will be an interesting outcome. Mm. Um, it will be an interesting story to kind of pick on over the next coming days because uh, Prevent has been, uh, in some people's eyes, very good mm. uh, program um, to to tackle, um, you know, um, uh, to deal with, you know, as a counterterrorism program. Yeah. Yeah. And but for some people, uh, especially within the Muslim community, it's mm. been. A, um, um, it's been a very controversial program. Mm. So it will be interesting to see what this independent, supposed independent report. Nowadays, when people say independent, mm. uh, the, you know, you just laugh and you think, yeah, right, <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, but let's see what this independent report will say. It will be an interesting read. The Guardian says hundreds of voluntary organizations have been forced to close or scale back operations because of government delays in replacing EU funds. The paper says exact allocations from the UK Shared Prosperity Fund have now been announced, but the Welsh government says Wales is getting £772 million less hmm. than it used to under EU funding. Hmm. The UK government denies this uh, is the case, but Scotland also says it's worse off. This goes back to what you said exactly. about, you know, exactly. the, this is, was, you know, it was the beginning of the end, hmm. the Brexit, the hmm. Brexit. <laughs> Under the headline, um, Sandhurst is urged to tackle toxic culture. This is about uh, um, this is this is uh, about a charity for female military personnel who've experienced abuse and rape. Uh, Salute her UK uh, are saying that nearly two hundred women who are serving um, have sought help after suffering abuse at Sandhurst over a over over the past two decades. Uh, the chief executive, Paula Edwards, told the paper that a lack of action by those at the top had resulted in a toxic culture of sexual assault. In response, the Ministry of Defence said that they had a zero-tolerance approach uh, to such matters in the armed forces. Um, clueless is the son's verdict of police forces in England and Wales after official figures show that investigations into more than a million burglaries and thefts were dropped last year because detectives couldn't find a suspect. The proportion of all crimes that result in a suspect being arrested and charged has fallen to just 5.7%, down from 15% seven years ago. I mean, I, I find this funny, ironic, mm. and it's annoying because I myself um, was a victim a couple of months ago where my my house and a couple of uh, other people within the vicinity of my property, we were burgled. 
um, they came in. Yeah. They really came in for the vehicles. Mm. They, they come in. They, they, you know, all the properties that I'm mm. aware of that were burgled on this particular time were mm. they, they all had uh, particular type of vehicles. They come in. They pick what they can. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they look for the car keys. Mm. Uh, and uh, you call the police. Mm. I called the police, yeah. and I was told there's no one available. There's no one available to come and attend a burglary. I said, okay. Hmm. Uh, they turned up two days later. Yeah. And again, I'm questioning the process, hmm. not the people, hmm. because the, 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 the two police officers who came, they were fantastic. They hmm. were really good. They hmm. were really thorough, hmm. very polite, very professional. Hmm. Um, they took all the details. They went around the area, talked to other people, went and talked to other people who were affected by burglary, yeah. who, who also were burgled and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then I received a letter a week later, and I, then I was told, that, you know, mm. the vehicle has been put on the automatic number plate recognition system, AMPR. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever it gets picked up, mm. uh, ten days later I received a phone call saying, well, they've decided to close the case because because uh, they couldn't find your because vehicle. they can't find anyone. And I tell you what made me laugh a couple right. of days ago. It, sorry I, to just cut in. Is is it costly to leave the car on the on the list? I don't know. I didn't question. It. I didn't question. It. Okay. I didn't question it. They gave me a crime reference number, mm. which obviously you deal with insurers. And you know, it makes also makes me laugh. Yeah. You pay over the odds mm. to insurance companies mm. thinking you're insured yeah. until you make a claim. Until you make a claim. Because all it the small matter. prints come out. Yeah. The I have never seen mm. so many companies. I'm mm. talking reputable big companies, yeah. and they throw the book at you. Mm. That you know, oh, this was you tick this, but it was subject to. Mm. Everything is subject to clause one, mm. you know, notwithstanding clause mm. twenty two, mm. clause, and you think to yourself, good God, why can't they just speak normal English? Exactly, exactly. You know, mm. you pay all this money, and then you think, oh my God. But going back to the day of the burglary, mm. fine. Yeah. Ten days later. And a couple of days ago, mm. I received a letter, a you know, a PCN, a mm. parking, uh, parking, uh, a notice. parking notice. With your whoever car. stole the car, mm. yeah, whoever stole the car <laughs> had parked it somewhere, and they got a ticket. <laughs> now, the thought comes to mind: Does the police not inform local authorities or traffic wardens because they're they're on the road, mm. they're in the best possible mm. place to yeah. identify? Stolen cars. Mm, definitely, definitely. No, normally, you'd think mm. a, a thief would change the number plate. Mm. No, it was mm. the same number plate. Mm. So I get a letter saying, mm. you have parked here. I'm looking at this letter. I'm thinking, eh? Mm. I, didn't, I looked at the date. I thought, mm. oh, my God. Mm. This is like four hours after the burglary happened. Yeah. And it's parked like two miles away from mm. the house. Mm. You try to contact the police, but yeah. of course you can't. So you email them and mm. you get a response back saying somebody will get back to you within 48 hours. <laughs> and then you write to the local authority and then you tell the insurance company and say, mm. well, no, if, if it's not found, if it's not found, then, mm. you know, then they go through all again, mm. the, the, the spiel. But mm. it goes back to this story that that it seems is clueless. Because if, if I was part and parcel of, uh, mm. you know, the... The strategic, um, and if I had a shortage of police officers, and if no. I know that no. there's so many burglaries happening, I would notify every single local authority. Every I'll make sure every single mm. parking attendant is aware mm. 
of cars that have been stolen. Maybe even put an incentive in there. Every mm. uh, every car that every burglary mm. or every car stolen car that is recovered by a warden or a person, mm. they'll get a, a bonus or something. Yeah. I'll even go on to, and I'll say, let me go let, call mm. Uber in mm. or Bolt and all these mm. cab companies in, and I'll say, look, hey, listen, these are the cars that have been stolen. You're on the road. Mm. Yeah. Make a deal. Come and work. Let's create partnerships. Mm. So the police can have eyes of all of these people who are effectively on mm. the road. Mm. That's good policing, no? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's that and there's, there's CCTV Everywhere. Everywhere, but then there's no film hmm. in most of them, hmm. and <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's very again strange. you get to find hmm. these things out when you become a victim. Hmm. When you become a victim, you, you a think, victim. okay, there's camera, there camera, there. They think, oh no, oh the fan camera's facing the other way. Hmm. Well, it's supposed to face the other way, but hmm. yeah, but then it didn't have the enough battery, or it didn't have an, the 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 team didn't find it necessary hmm. to turn. No, it this no, but way then the camera way. or like uh, the speed cameras always will catch you. They'll yeah, send you a ticket. The parking, uh, you know, money. officer, he'll find you. He'll take a picture of your car. He'll send you a ticket as well. Then the battery is always, you know, it's uh, Focus. always charged. Focus has yeah. changed. Focus has changed. But if the new commissioner of the police is listening, mm. um, I think that's a good idea. I think you, you know, getting eyes on the on the you know on the street. Mm. I'm not saying giving them any powers. Mm. I'm just saying allow these people to be your eyes mm. uh, because they're out there anyway. Yeah, they are out there. The mm. cab drivers, the the taxi drivers, they're out there. Mm. They're doing their job. And if and and, they, and smartphones, mm. let's be smart. Yeah. and use the technology hmm. and every time there's a burglary a message goes out yeah. you know look if you help cash this car or you don't have to go and follow them or anything no hmm. just let the police know the location of a vehicle hmm. you see hmm. simple yeah. same with traffic warden same with all you know all professions who are on the road hmm. allow these people to be your 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 eyes yeah. and, and you'll be surprised I think it's a fantastic idea. No, definitely, um, most definitely. Um, but then I would say that because it is my idea. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show um, on the Wednesday morning, 28th of December 2022, the last Wednesday of the year. What's your year been like, young man? Uh, 2022 as a wrap, um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been, it's been all right. It's been all right. Um, I got um, married this year. <laughs> So yeah, it's been good. It's Congratulations! Been good. Congratulations! Yeah. That's good, man. Mm. So now the life is now now it's all downwards. I mean, sorry, upwards. <laughs> 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 sorry, that, that, that slip of yeah. the tongue. <laughs> yes, uh, no, no, it's mm. good, good beginning, beginnings or new beginnings, humble beginnings. Excellent, well done. You li- as I said, you're listening to the breakfast show. We are going to be talking about. Um, this uh, what's this word that they use? Decolonize curriculum. curriculum. Yeah. When I read this word, mm. I thought, "Huh? What?" And then I read into it, and mm. we're going to be talking about um, <clears throat> the change mm. in the curriculum yeah. to accommodate. Or I think the accommodate is the wrong word. I think to to make the curriculum more attractive to people from more diverse backgrounds mm. um, and to take away the the, the terminology. Yeah. 
that's used in the curriculum, mm. which is more associated with colonization. Mm. That is going to be the topic from 7.30 onwards. We would love, if you're a student, if you're a teacher, if you are edu- uh, if you are um, uh, associated with the educational establishment, or if you have an opinion on uh, the decolonization of our curriculum, or the attempts, I should say. Mm. Let me correct that. The attempt yeah. to decolonize curricul- the, na- the national curriculum. Then we would love to hear from you. O two o eight six seven eight. Sorry, no. O two o eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Or you can join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Or you can email us via our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go on to the first topic of the morning. So do stay tuned and join us after this short break. of Islam Radio. Welcome back to Wednesday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayum, and my young brother, Atar. Um, <clears throat> technical vocabulary used to describe clocks changed in attempts to decolonize curriculum. Hmm. That's the topic um, of the segment that we're going to be discussing. Atar, what is the gist of the story and what, what, does, what does that word mean um, you know, a lot of terminology mm. here, a lot of jargon here. Yeah. Let's break it down for our listeners. So the University of Salford, you know, what they're doing to decolonize the curriculum, essentially. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, clocks have been referred to as either a master device or the slave devices which we follow. For example, inside Greenwich Observatory, you have um, a highly accurate master clock, which dictates the slave clock that faces the public and which the public use to set their own watches to Greenwich Mean Time. These type of words associated with slavery have come under increasing scrutiny. A music technology lecturer at the University of Salford brought some attention to the issue of these terms in decolonizing the curriculum PowerPoint presentation seen by The Telegraph. And, you know, in order to decolonize the curriculum, the University of Salford has decided that clocks will no longer be referred to as master or a slave device. The university hasn't yet decided which terms it is to use instead, but suggestions including use of terms like leader and follower may be used rather than words referring to slavery. The changes at Salford go against more than 100 years of tradition as master and slave clocks date back to the 19th century. You know, what, what I'm understanding from this is um, I completely, you know, understand, uh, you know, the, the 
what um, you know the previous generations of uh, you know these Western countries that what they did to you know the the African nation and all all the slavery that took place that completely obviously it was very inhumane it was completely demeaning completely wrong and not right in any sense and it shouldn't have happened mm. right in history uh, but um, you know this is this I'm I'm not saying I completely understand what why you know they're under increased scrutiny but uh this is what we're talking about clocks here right it's um it just goes back to um so I was I was watching um a few videos of like uh, you know Jordan Peterson and um some other uh, other people you know who have a very like uh, a strong opinion mm. right uh and they they're all about freedom of speech I'm not saying this has anything to do with freedom of speech. I'm I'm just going off a bit on a t- tangent here, but um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, you know these terms have been there for a while, right? And it's not like what in, someone is intentionally talking about slavery here. It may trigger some people, but you know, it's, it always someone is always going to get triggered by something. I I. It's it's a very difficult topic in that mm. sense. It's not really difficult, mm. but in the in the society we're living in today, yeah. Yeah. I find that when you kind of have an opinion which may be not, which probably or or may not sit well with the majority mm. or the the yeah majority, yeah. yeah. Then the, this narrative of well, you're either with us mm. or you're against, you're against us. us. Yeah. There's no middle ground. Mm. And what tends to happen is people who have sane, rational, mm. logical reasons mm. to maybe not follow a particular narrative mm. because of generational issues or understanding or because... Or even because it it makes more sense to them, or because of belief, or because of faith, mm. even because of historical reasons, like in this case, mm. they're too afraid to get into uh, us and them, mm. so they go quiet. And I tend to find there's a lot of it's the same type of people who are screaming at the moment to, mm. for, and against. It's yeah. the same people. Yeah, yeah. Who and and whereas I tend to find majority sit in the middle. Mm. who are silent mm. and the silent majority hence mm. the term mm. silent majority when i when i read this i i, I felt um that uh, we're focusing on the wrong thing here aren't we yeah yeah we should be tackling on actual like racism or modern day slavery that's going on in the news article i was just uh, there was a news article i was just reading as well that there's uh, you know the sex trafficking mm. is an all time high in scotland at this time and that's just not not just in Scotland that was just like a local news article hmm. and there's many like uh, you know people who are bringing um, like women in from China and putting them into brothels and so modern day slavery still exists instead of focusing on on that right we're, we're talking about like uh, changing clocks that are referred to master and slave to leader and follower but uh, what I would do is also is I would look at the accomplishments hmm the achievements mm. of people from the different cultures and yeah. diverse backgrounds yeah. and add them in the curriculum. Mm. No, definitely, definitely. To give it a balance. Mm. Instead of taking mm. words away, mm. which actually happened in history, yeah. 
they did happen taking mm. the words away mm. if you take the words away yeah then how will you describe that historically to in mm. say in a history mm. lecture mm. you're not going to use the words anymore mm. And when somebody says, well, well, what does that mean? And that means you're going to have to use the word to explain exactly, it to someone. Exactly. So I think it's it's like... Uh, no, education uh, is definitely key. It is key. Because we learn from history. We learn from our mistakes. We Let's go and talk to our first guest. Yep. So we do have online our first uh, guest of the morning with us for this topic, Danya Nasir. Uh, we have uh, Haroon. Uh, we have Haroon Fateh with us. Haroon has been a university student um, and uh, holds a master's in economics and master's in actuarial science. He has been a personal tutor for the students of mathematics and economics from GCSE through to a degree level. Uh, good morning, Aslam alaikum, and peace be on you, Haroon. Good morning. Wa alaikum aslam Thank you for taking time out and, uh, and uh, um, coming on to the breakfast show. So, uh, um, Harun, do you think uh, there is a significant hierarchy between professors and students? Um, I think there is a hierarchy between professors and students, but it's something that is um, like justified. So, basically, in, in terms of a hierarchy, what we kind of, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of an educational hierarchy and, and like how much different people know. So obviously the professors have been spending a lot of time uh, learning about their particular subject, you know, decades potentially of, of time just learning about their particular subject or craft mm. and mm. Um, they're kind of there to teach students. So it, it's, a, it's a particular kind of relationship where you're trying to... Um, basically give information to students yeah so you know you need someone to be almost like a, a leader yeah know, definitely to, to essentially uh convey all these ideas hmm. um Aru, do you do shouldn't there be a hierarchy i mean i don't see why a hierarchy should be questioned exactly exactly i they, mean a student is a student and yeah. a teacher is a teacher hmm. i mean there needs to be that difference hmm. <laughs> yeah de definitely I, I think it does need to be that difference um, because like I mentioned before the, the professors spend a long time learning about their particular subject so they kind of know a lot more than students initially hmm. um, obviously there is a bit of um, a bit of an idea of well, students can bring new perspectives and so on, but they, they kind of have enough um, enough opportunity to do that through the kind of dissertations they do or the kind of tutorials they're usually held. Um, so they actually have that, you know, that, that particular window of opportunity anyway. Hmm. So the, the kind of system that is in place does seem seem reasonable, I would say, and yep. quite sensible. Yeah. Uh, what what is your opinion on the changing of the clock uh, terminology? Um, I mean, to, to be honest, I I, I, I thought that um, like there's not a big like cost in terms of changing the names. I would argue, hmm. um, and also if it is something that maybe brings back bad, bad memories to people, yeah, like maybe something happened to. 
particular family member, hmm. then I think changing it is like a nice gesture. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, again, like you guys were mentioning, it shouldn't be overshadowed by, well, it shouldn't over, overshadow kind of other issues that are a bit more pressing. So, I mean, let them change the name, hmm. but don't, you know, don't focus necessarily on it, just focus on actually matters yeah definitely and um lastly before we let you go do you have any advice um, for students um my advice for students would be that um as a student you know you're learning um and this is something that you'll consider uh, sorry continue to do throughout your life hmm. so just take the opportunity and like learn how to learn i think is probably the best piece of advice yeah. Because ultimately, no matter what you end up doing, um, so say be a radio presenter, you guys are probably learning um, particular ways of communicating, um, like delivering the news or mm. the particular time allocation, um, ideas, etc. Yeah. Um, so all, all these things are things that you guys have to learn personally. Um, so no matter what field you end up going into, even if it's not necessarily the subject that you're studying for, hmm. you're still going to be learning. So, yeah, just take the opportunity to learn how to learn, I yeah, would say. Definitely. That's some sound of advice right there. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You know, it's been an absolute pleasure. For now, uh, take care, have a good morning, and peace be upon you. Jazakallah, you too. Interesting points there. Mm. I mean, I, I, I find it strange that people would want to challenge this mm. narrative mm. Of, of, of the hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, a teacher deserves, and, and maybe, again, I, I'm old school. Mm. I think, well, a child from mm. the age of what, three, four? Yeah. To the age of 21, hmm. if one was to generalize, yeah. spends more time with the teacher, with hmm. the tutor, hmm. with the professor, than they do with their parents yeah. in terms of educational time. Hmm. Hmm. So I would have thought the respect a teacher, a tutor, or a, or a professor would deserve hmm. would be that of akin to the respect that you give to your parents. Yeah, because... Definitely. The knowledge you learn, the, mm. the, the information you take in, mm. um, the life skills that you learn mm. from your teachers and mm. your professors will be the foundation mm. of how you will live your life. Yeah. And of course, parenting is different mm. and it's an add-on mm. into your life, but mm. from an educational perspective... Mm. I wouldn't want to be looking at my teacher who I think is on the same level as me. Hmm, I definitely. would always want to look up to my look teacher. Look up to someone, right? You're not going to look up to someone who's on the same level. That's right. Yeah, because they're your peer. You're the same. But then what would the I section. learn from exactly. someone who hmm. is same as me? Hmm. I want someone who has, like uh, um, Haroon said, hmm. who has spent time, effort, made sacrifices to learn hmm and has come into a profession to teach, hmm. 
you, I cannot look at Harun in the same light as I would look at his student. Definitely. The respect that he has earned, mm. and again, it's earning that respect, mm. is far greater mm. than, uh, uh, you know, what a student has achieved mm. within their time. Mm. So this notion of how uh, hierarchy between mm. students and their teachers is, is, is uh, you know, is being questioned, mm. I find it bizarre. But you know you say you talk But then about, I'm but then I'm old yeah, school. No, You're no, young. Yeah, sorry. What's your no, no, take? No, I no I agree with you. I okay. agree with you. Uh, no, no, because you know points. sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, you know maybe I'm too mm. old school. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm too close-minded to mm. what the younger generation's thinking. Mm. I no, no, do tend to find Islam, that Islam also teaches us, you know, to respect our teachers. Yes. Definitely. No, but uh what I'm trying to say is that um like you said respect is earned, right? Mm. So would you just respect a teacher on the basis that his profession is um, uh, as a teacher or would he have to you know come in and he would have to teach some teachers they just come in and they'll be like open the page up to this book and do your own reading and they'll do that for like the whole year hmm. or they'll come in write one word of the board and they'll be like do this do do this homework by next week the teachers have to teach properly as well they do hmm but I'm not going to change the way I I'm not going to change the way I treat or think of a teacher simply because I might think they might not be teaching. No, but then, that then, doesn't then, give then, me that doesn't give the student mm, the right mm, to make a judgment mm, on uh, or disrespect a teacher. Mm. Does I'm, not, it? I'm, I'm not saying disrespect them. Mm -hmm. I'm saying or think of them on a lower level. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. They they will definitely have more knowledge than you, more experience than you. But still, you're saying respect is earned, right? It is. It so, is. But you have to respect the fact that they have spent time hmm. in becoming educated yeah. and getting but to... But they're an educator, so they should educate. They shouldn't just sit there and open up one like presentation and just be like, just look at this. So they shouldn't be like, just turn to this page and read for the rest of the lesson. Well, that if if the method and the process they use mm. to educate mm. uh, is something that the student um, is questioning, mm. that doesn't that that's the process you question, not the person. The person, the, the way they teach no, no, no. is not who the teacher is. The respect is for the teacher. Mm. If you don't like the process, mm. you discuss with the teacher, mm. say, look, thank you, yeah. but you do it in a respectful manner. No, 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 definitely. I'm not saying disrespect but, them. But, but, but I know where you're yeah, coming yeah. from. I yeah. agree. Look, I, I've got children who went mm. through this and, mm. and one of the biggest, you know, kind of discussion points mm. that I have, I used to have with my son mm. is, well, you, you, Question the process. Hmm. Fine. Hmm. Agreed. You don't agree with the way the teacher is teaching. Hmm. Fine. Not a problem. But the teacher's never going to know until you discuss it with them. Of course. Of but course. what I tend to find in the younger generation today is hmm. they're so quick hmm. at, oh, they this, they that, and, and judgments. Hmm. Pointing. Hold hmm. on. Did you negotiate? No. Hmm. Did you talk to them? Hmm. No. Then... No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not standing up for disrespecting mm. teachers. Even in my school, I'm in my secondary school, I'm yeah, not, I'm not saying like you, are. you know, the, the teachers would just swear at the teachers, or you know, just get really rude with them. It's just that's it's, just that's bizarre. That's unacceptable. Yeah. full no, no, stop. No, no, no. The, no, no, that's 100%. The, there is just no place mm. for 
when it there's no place for any kind mm. of abusive or uh, language or, or or use of vile words or mm. uh, or swearing at teachers 100%. that's just like 100%. it's a no no mm. by multiply by infinity mm. no no i agree completely because that that is uh, you know your you don't even have to think of them as teachers you're just stepping over like you're essentially you know violating their human rights you're you're not treating them as you would treat you would like to be treated yourself hmm. yeah right? you have to you still have to respect them as a human being even if not as a teacher that's completely wrong i'm completely against that myself so and and going back to the 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 you know hmm. the decolonization now the university us have decided that they're not going to be using words like master and slave. Mm. Mm. But again, I find what I find bizarre. They haven't found. Mm. They they've decided to stop using a particular word before they find alternative words for it. Mm. So how will they be explaining No they, they they did say that you know they're suggesting using names like leader and follower. rather than referring to words of slavery what so leader and uh, what the clock the, the, the so the master clock would be no, referred no. as leader the university hasn't yeah. yet decided which term is to be used but suggesting suggesting, suggesting yeah, yeah suggesting leader and follower may mm. be used rather than words referring to slavery mm. i mean in you, i think you gave the perfect example um and you weren't talking of decades or centuries ago mm um slavery is modern day slavery mm. is still alive and present very prominent in the well. society yeah. in fact mm. we were on a on a very good trajectory of eliminating it mm. and it went really down mm. but in the recent decades it's come back up again yeah the trade mm. of people of mm. human flesh mm. that's what slavery is yeah. it's trading yeah. objectif object mm. objectification mm. of human beings but in modern day slavery it's mostly women yeah yeah children so, so. children and yeah. women yeah. so children and women so you can't eliminate the word slave mm. you can't mm. and to associate the word slavery with only white western culture historically yes yeah in modern day slavery no mm. we need where we are looking mm. to expand on the curriculum and talk about the accomplishment and the successes and the innovations of people from different diverse and cultural backgrounds and add them to the curriculum mm. we also need to understand that racism yeah white people don't have a monopoly on racism hmm. non white people can be bigoted as well definitely yeah yes again you put a time scale on it hmm. you need to put a time scale on it you need to be truthful hmm. be just with the 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 information that you give like in recent years they talk about put, pulling down statues hmm. well pulling down the statue is not going to achieve anything yeah What you do is mm. you you list where you have got the description of the statue. Yeah. Where if a person has achieved mm. some success, mm. yes, 
you talk about that person's success. Mm. But as time goes by, you and, and new facts and information comes to light. Mm. So you expand on that writing and say, well, as much as they did good, this was the bad thing and this was the lessons learned from it. Mm. You, you put the truth down mm. in explaining what they did do, what mm. they don't do. I, I, I always use the example of yeah. Churchill. Yeah. Yeah. Winston Churchill mm. was mm. kind of the great British hero. Mm. You can't deny that. You can't deny that. Because yeah. he, he is a hero. Yeah. Yet, he has mm. his, he, historically, some mm. of his acts, mm. uh, especially against the Bengal. Mm. Yeah. He, he, you know, th- there are... Um, um, incidences which could you, which you can't explain w- in any yeah. other words than racist and bigoted, hmm. and you know uh, his actions led to millions of people hmm. from Bengal to die of starvation. Hmm. And people refer to him as a warlord as well. People do exactly. Yeah. However, when you see a statue of of, Ch- of Churchill, you will hmm. only see the good thing. He hmm. was a hero, war hmm. hero. Because of him, da da da. This happened. Hmm. But the truth needs to be written properly to give it balance, hmm. to be accurate about what a person has done. Definitely. To talk about only one narrative of hmm. history hmm. is a disservice to the student. Definitely. It's a disservice to the future generation. You can't blame people hmm. for not knowing facts hmm. if they have not been taught it hmm. one of the biggest problems was media today mainstream yeah. media yeah. mainstream media a, a perfect example i was thinking about it today on the way here china has um united kingdom hmm. um with all everybody talks about the fantastic vaccination policy that this government <laughs> had yes it does yeah but it came at the cost of 200,000 lives hmm. Two hundred thousand well well people billion died. Pounds as well that yeah. were wasted. Forget about money. Yeah. Life. No, 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 Let's no, look no, at no, lives. Definitely, definitely. Let's look at lives alone. Yeah. Two hundred thousand mm. people. Mm. But when China said they only lost about four and a half, five or mm. six or so, I think less than ten thousand people, mm. they questioned them mm. because they looked down on them, thinking, yeah. "Oh, it's impossible that mm. a country with billions of people mm. and you only lost eight thousand people." Yeah. Because they had a strict system put in, mm. where they, they, you know, they, they kind of uh, went down a they route really, like extreme lockdowns and yes, yeah, it worked for them, mm. yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, but now that China has opened mm. their doors from eighth mm. of January, people yeah. are going to be able to come in and out. Mm. Instead of kind of saying, well, um, you know, it, it's it's good to see China. Mm. Um, opening up to the world and, and, and coming in line with most of the countries in the world. Yeah. Oh, China did this, that, the other, mm. and China, and because of this, a million people are going to die in China. Mm. And suddenly, fear-mongering, yeah. throwing... A million people haven't died. Mm. Uh, no accurate reports have been made. Mm. Everything is a speculation. Mm. And the speculation is coming from outside of China. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you look at, if you talk to the experts, mm. the experts say that what China, even the World Health mm. Organization, mm. WHO, mm. they commended China mm. for the, their actions in 2020 and 2021 yeah. in the way they handled COVID. What they questioned was how they acted in last year mm. in putting down 
um, excessive lockdowns mm. and, and vaccination policies and, and testing policies. Mm. Well, that's what they questioned. Where yeah. the world was opening up, mm. if China had opened up alongside mm. with the world, mm. maybe things would be different. Yeah. But they're coming on board now. Mm. So instead of being encouraging, what do we do? Mm. We do propaganda. Mm. Because they're the Chinese and because this notion that the West has. And I think it's got to a point where where they, at one time they were powerful, now they're scared mm. that they, they're they not losing. They've lost their power. They've yeah. lost their influence. Mm. Um, the world isn't afraid of the West anymore. So now it's the propaganda machine that mm. takes over, which is driven through the mainstream mm. media, mm. where, again, the truth is nowhere near it. Yeah, Everything is fake news or everything is uh, uh, is spun, Hmm. Spin is the is the key word, hmm. um, and and there's no justice in the news that's delivered. Yeah. It's always biased, um, and 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 that's what needs to change. Um, and you know, the, and this is again, hmm. if that's the narrative that people will be listening to, then of course hmm. they're going to they, they, they you know they're going to believe what mainstream says to them. Yeah, and and that's what they will go out and tell their children. Or that's how that's the narrative they mm. will believe, um, you know. Because as you refer to the silent majority, they'll just whatever they see, they'll believe in it. That's it. They won't do their own research. Exactly, people mm. don't. Um, you're listening to the Breakfast Show with myself, Kiyum, and my young brother Uther. Uh, we are coming up uh, to the eight o'clock news, so we're going to take a quick break, go to the news, and uh, then come back to you and carry on uh, with this conversation. So do stay tuned. And join us after the 8 a.m. news. of Islam radio. The Quran teaches us that when we see injustices in the world, we should raise our voices against it. For me, Khalifa Masih has always been at the forefront of those conversations, even before we have these flare-ups, you know? Um, so, I, so I know the time of flare-up is when we talk about it, but oftentimes when you look back, you know, Huzur's speeches, you know, five, ten years ago, twenty years ago, he's talking about these things. True peace cannot be established be it in a person's home, in a town or city, in a nation or at an international level, until there is justice. Islam proclaims that all people are born equal, no matter where they hail from or the color of their skin. It teaches that no race is superior to another nor are the people of any particular descent 
more gifted than others and that Allah is the provider for all of mankind. Welcome back to Wednesday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayyum, and yeah, my young brother, Atar. And there we had a clip of His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza, Holiness, uh, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, uh, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, may Allah strengthen his hand. And I mean, what we were saying is what we have learned um, and, and uh, from His Holiness. And he spoke about the key word was justice. He talked about equity. He talked about fair treatment. Um, he talked about equality. Now, by removing things or removing factual terminology from a curriculum, is that doing justice to anyone? Hmm. I don't know. You tell me. Um, if you have an opinion on it, give hmm. us a call. 208 um, or you can comment on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK or you can email us via our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk I mean the question is shouldn't we be describing things as they happened good or bad um, the future generations can only learn lessons if they are given the accurate facts in the way they happened and and I and and again, personal opinion, uh, that I find that removing of these words changes the essence uh, and the historical facts of uh, of how events actually happened. Mm, definitely, and you, you know we were uh, speaking about um, the the authority between a student and a teacher, right? Mm. Whether in, it should be challenged. So uh, um, a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came to my mind. Uh, so the um, saying goes that the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, listen and obey your chief, even if he is an Ethiopian with a head like a raisin. Mm. Or uh, in one narration it is referred to as an Abyssinian slave. Uh, in the shape of uh, his head like a raisin. Mm. So here, you know, we were taught, uh, you know, in that era especially, slavery in the Arab Peninsula was very prevalent. Mm. And um, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he's been, you know, mentioned um, in a book, uh, The Seal of the Prophets, by the second caliph of the MDM Muslim community, um, as like a champion of, of peace and like a liberator of slaves. And he, uh, you know, the second caliph has gone, gone into great depth of explaining how he, you know, we, we talk about how slavery has been eradicated today. But in that era, it was so prevalent. He set the, you know, he not only set the stones into abolishing slavery, but it was as if it was. He this, gave them rights. Gave them rights. Yeah. And you get so many so, so many rewards as to, you know, freeing a slave. Hmm. So hmm. much reward in Islam. Most definitely, mm. most definitely. Um, before, I mean, we expand on the Islamic perspective, I kind of want to, just just for the benefit of the listener, yeah, uh, explain the word decolonize the curriculum mm. and the effects it does have. Yeah. So decolonizing the curriculum is a phrase which describes the process of making courses more diverse and appealing to the people mm. of different backgrounds and cultures. Some academics have sought to move away from terms linked to slavery. This includes having various sonnets dis dismissed 
as they are now seen as products of white Western culture. Hmm. The University of Salford has said that courses can be enhanced by using materials that are accessible and familiar to all students. Removing the terms master and slave following a trend that also is occurring within coding uh, where technology companies are actively seeking to drop the word master which describes as a main code or process. Hmm. This master typically controls a slave code or process. Hmm. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I can't relate to it. Hmm. I, when I look at, um, I, I, you know, from a personal point of view, hmm. again, this is religious, and, yeah. and, but, but it's, it's more than religion. Hmm. When we talk of, when I talk of, and when we hear, hmm. when we talk of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hmm. He is our master. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, I don't have a problem hmm. being his slave. Hmm. It's the context. Hmm. You can't again. You can't. You can't take away a word. Mm. It's it's the context exactly, you exactly, use exactly. the word in, right? As in, it could be it could be a bit confusing. Like for example, you know, there's we make a file and we'll call it say say we're designing something. It's a folder. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a master file. That's it, right? Yeah, because that is the master file. It's the context exactly. It, it we're not we're not saying that that master has you know like. Slaves, like it did back in, you know, when the whole uh, slavery happened, right? It's like, oh, the university are saying that they're going to be that courses can be enhanced by using materials that are accessible, hmm. familiar to all students. Hmm. What does that mean? Hmm. I mean, are they teaching things which the students are comfortable with? Hmm. Well, education is Educa not meant to exactly, be easy. Exactly, it's not. It's like when people say, well, parenting is not supposed to be mm. easy, but who mm. said it ever was? Mm. Life isn't supposed to be mm. a, a walk. Sunshine that, and rainbows. It, it wasn't sunshine mm. and it's rainbows. Not, it's not supposed to be. It's a bit of roses and mostly mm. nettles. Mm. It's a bit of roses, but mm. the roses, the scent of the roses carries you yeah. when, you're, when you're trying to challenge and, and, and overcome the nettles. Mm. That's just life. Mm. It is. It's supposed to be challenges. It is supposed to be testing. Mm. This is that temporary life. We, we create our own challenges. There yeah. are societal challenges. There mm. are parental challenges. Mm. There are challenges of all shapes and forms mm. that we have to come across. Mm. No one's gonna. You know, it's like give it to me on a on a plate. Mm. It's, it's that, not gonna happen. That's, that's not. Gonna, that's not. That's if, not what reality is. Well. That's the fear, isn't mm. it? That people mm. have lost the capacity mm. to deal with truly challenging mm. situations, mm. which are not uh, extraordinary situations. Yeah, yeah. They're normal, mm. everyday situations. Mm. This being one of them, mm. education is supposed to be difficult. Yeah. Don't go to university or go into a, a, an educational establishment to to be felt um, comfortable mm. that they will come and look after mm. your need. No, yeah, you are going there mm. to learn. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was uh, listening to this uh, podcast, and uh, this one man, uh, this this guy said something. You know, it stuck by me. That he he said look he was wearing a, a diamond chain mm -hmm. a necklace he said if I go into a bad neighborhood in the middle of the night and I get robbed 
no one's going to care and no one's going to like blame the person who robbed me yeah right i should be aware of my surroundings i should be aware obviously in an ideal world he should be allowed to do that where wherever he wants go wherever he wants right mm-hmm. but if he gets robbed he's like he said i will blame myself for putting myself in that situation because the initial responsibility of looking after yourself is yours exactly so in every task that's why you need to teach your children as well the dangers of the world because they exist yeah you the can't. word slave yeah. is a real word exactly master is a real word mm. historically mm. present mm. and it will be in the future exactly if you take the word away mm. it's and, not going to take change the... it with follower yeah. and and, uh, and well what what are you doing you kind mm. of wrapping up slavery in cotton mm. wool yeah. and calling it a follower mm. because be, because it makes you feel better mm. well it isn't supposed to make you feel better yeah slavery is wrong mm. and when the word the connotation of the word explains mm. why it's wrong if somebody says a follower well i'm sorry then everybody on 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 exactly. facebook is what <laughs> your instagram they're, they're all slaves they're all slaves yeah no Mm. The, it changes the context of the word mm. it's very important mm. that again i'll say that the to change words which which will alter the understanding of what really happened mm. in the past um i think is dangerous uh, and i think to accommodate mm. to change what you're teaching to students uh, to accommodate their comfort zones yeah is dangerous definitely I do think that if you want to bring uh, more diverse and and cultural aspects of uh, um history mm. into mm. which needs to be done yeah. without a shadow yeah. of a doubt yeah. I don't need a black uh, mm. history month mm. I don't need a muslim history month I mm. don't need a brown history month or mm. a pink or a blue or a green I don't want one mm. you know I just want to make sure I te- when I learn history mm. it it uh, um it covers all succession the, the all, did and all the way the, we were the conquests well. of uh, and Everything. all the the you know the history of yeah. uh, um you know all the, the of black people mm. of muslim people mm. of brown people you know people from all walks of life definitely their accomplishments and successes mm. which should be attributed to them mm. and not historically changed to to, to suit the narrative mm. yes if you know that there has been certain facts in history which have been recorded incorrectly hmm. because of prejudice hmm. then correct them yeah and let people know hmm. yes look hmm. you know it's like um um ibn sina hmm. a lot of people don't know that uh, um is it avros ibn sina no no avros no, no, no. um oh, forgotten I've forgotten the name they latinized yeah. all the names yeah. Yeah. they latinized all the scholars that the teachers and the philosophers of of the muslim era hmm. they they um yet a lot of people don't realize that these were muslims yeah avicenna ah that's it avicenna 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 yeah avicenna yeah ibn sina hmm i think avros is ibn rushd hmm yeah it might be i'm not 100% sure but, but i think but what i'm saying is yeah teach it correctly hmm. now there are establishment hmm. there are respectable is- look at uh, oxford university hmm. they teach the correct history exactly why isn't that history being taught in all the schools hmm. Hmm. that's the point yeah that 
increase the the level hmm. of your education hmm. don't look to change the process in into ease yeah. you know when you go to oxford hmm. you have to work hard hmm. it is a renowned international educational establishment because of the standards hmm. but, definitely but they 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 teach with justice hmm. they uh, reflect what actually happened hmm. in historical hmm. uh, sense of um, whatever the events were yeah you know in in, in like normal schools like secondary schools hmm. uh we're not they just t- mostly st- uh, the history we taught is World War One, World War Two, mm. and um, like the Vietnam War, a couple other wars. We don't talk. We don't talk about the Iraqi War. We don't talk about the Yemeni War. We don't talk about the Crusades. We don't talk about Alexander and the Great. That's the narrative that needs to change. We don't talk about the Mughal Empire. We don't talk about you know. There's so much. The ri- history is the, the, the rich aspect yeah, yeah, of history. Exactly the cultural and mm. the diverse richness mm. that can add. You know, uh, um, so much more hmm. to the knowledge of today's youth. Definitely, that's where changes need to happen. You're listening to the breakfast show with myself, Kayum, and my young brother, Atar. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to um, just conclude with the, um, you know, some Islamic um, perspective on this topic, um, and uh, then we're going to go on to our second topic of the of of the morning, which is. Uh, the effect um, on winter because of climate change. So do stay tuned. We'll be right back after a very short break. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show. Um, Arthur, what we've discussed, there are Mm. so many different um, aspects um, of... uh, of, There's so many different aspects of... um, Equality mm. that we can discuss mm. uh, that can be covered from an Islamic perspective. Yeah, but His Holiness, when he spoke, may Allah strengthen his hand, he was mm. talking about justice. Mm. So justice, equality, um, they, they all all of these things, um, and fighting for the innocent. Mm. These all are very important aspects within Islam. Definitely. Definitely. So. Can you just, for the benefit of the listener, conclude hmm. the topic with some Islamic perspective? So, um, you know, in uh, Quranic verses and Hadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you know, it always, you know, you'll find many verses, many different narrations on how Islam advocates equality for all. So uh, in one of the verses of the Holy Quran, it says, but whoso does good works, whether male or female, and is a believer, such shall enter heaven, and shall not be wronged even as much as a little hollow in the back of a date stone. In another verse it states, O mankind, we have created you from a male and female. We have made you into tribes and sub-tribes for the sake of easy recognition. Verily, the most honourable among you is the sight of God, is the most righteous among you, Surely God is knowing, all aware. 
And, uh, you know, uh, also in Islam, uh, Islam teaches us um, that, uh, you know, Allah the Almighty, He, A, He is not just, B, He doesn't have to be just. He He is the master. Mm. We are His slaves, right? But it teaches us, Inna Allaha ghafoorur rahim. Surely God is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And He will forgive all sins. So His mer- mercy encompasses everything. That's why he's not just. Being just means that, you know, if someone does something, you, they get equal reward or equal punishment for it. But he, his mercy encompasses everything. Mm. That's why he's not referred to as just. He's referred to as being merciful. And he is still, at the end of the day, he is our master and we are his slaves. But according to some people, yeah. uh, he, he's my leader and I'm his follower. Exactly. <laughs> that, that too, that too. But, uh, you know. No, but it changes the <laughs> exactly. meaning. No, we it would refer the to our depth. caliph as the, uh, our it, leader, right? But, but see, again, yeah. I think that's a generational yeah. thing. I couldn't, I, I, for me, mm. to say, well, uh, his holiness, to say his holiness yeah. and then refer to him as a leader. No, no. He's, he is again no, no, leading a community, a nation. Is. No, no. I in understand. that sense. No, I no. But he, I, I obviously for myself as personal being for myself. It I, takes the emotion. My, yes, exactly. It takes the depth of emotion. Exactly. Out. Hmm. Leader is just like anybody can be a leader. Hmm. But not everybody can be a holiness. Exactly. Do you see me? Yes. Do you of see course, the difference? Of course. And, and to me, that's where the difference lies. Hmm. Um. Just to conclude um, with an excerpt from uh, His Holiness's address at uh, uh, the annual convention at uh, Germany 2017, His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Amdi Muslim community, said that in every, in the very first chapter of the Holy Quran, it is stated that Allah the Almighty is the Lord of all the worlds and that this indicates that Allah Almighty was the provider and sustainer of all people, of all races mm. and all beliefs. Therefore, a true Muslim could never discriminate or oppose non-Muslims as being progressively uh, perpetrated in modern times. The promised Messiah on whom be peace, the founder of the Ambient Muslim community said, I do not like the words of those who limit their compassion to their own ethnicity. Hmm. I love that. I do not like the words of those who limit their compassion Hmm. to their own ethnicity. Hmm. I advise you again and again to never ever restrict your sphere of compassion. He also said, you should extend compassion to all of God's creations Mm. as if you are their blood relative, just like mothers are with their children. One who does good with natural passion Mm. that like that of a mother can never be ostentatious. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum, and and, uh, my young brother, Uther. We're going to take a very, very, very quick break and come back and go on to our uh, second topic of the morning, which is winter, the effects, the changed effects in winter because of climate change. Do stay, do stay tuned. We'll be right back after a very quick message. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion, and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. That was quick, wasn't it? I did say a quick message. <laughs> Welcome back to Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show. Um, climate change is, effect, is affecting various factors regarding life on Earth, one of these being winter, which is inevitably changing for the worse. Um, young man, what yep. is this all about? So blizzards 
are a type of winter storm characterized by strong winds, snow and reduced visibility. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration defines blizzard uh, conditions as winds over 56 kilometers per hour with either falling or blowing snow that reduces visibility to 0.4 kilometers or less for at least three hours. Blizzards can uh, you know, form when warm air must rise over cold air. There are two ways this can occur when winds pull cold air towards the equator from the poles and brings warm air towards the poles from the equator, cold and warm air bring together forming precipitation precipitation occurs. So rain. Uh, So, you know, this is how there's a lot of like, you know, science jargon going on here of how blizzards form as well. So climate change is you know, happening very rapidly. There's a lot of blizzards uh, occurring um, in uh, the recent days as well. You know, there was a big uh, blizzard in 2010 when the U.S. East Coast was hit by a winter um, a winter storm, uh, which was known as Snorm- Snormageddon. And the blizzard broke snowfall records for the mid-Atlantic region. In January 2016, a deadly blizzard named Snowzilla struck the mid-Atlantic region, the snowfall totals reached 0.3 to 0.9 meters. This had broken records in Baltimore, Maryland, Washington, D.C., New York City, New York, and Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. And, you know, these extreme weather events are predicted to become more extreme due to climate change. Another example to support this, in January 2019, a polar vortex plunged the U.S. Midwest into Arctic conditions. And, you know, even now there's uh, there's big um, blizzards and snowstorms going on in America. In Canada, a lot of people are, you know, stranded. Um, what, there was a, a news article as well of a woman who recently lost her life um, due to, you know, uh, due to a snowstorm in America as well. Well, this, I mean, we, when we started the show, we yeah. started with this, that uh, up to 60 people. Hmm. have lost their lives in Buffalo, in New York. 60 people, yes. Um, You know, um, because of the absolutely mad Hmm. um, um, weather conditions, the cold conditions. Yeah. I mean, yesterday on the the different channel, they were talking about how I think they said, and and I'm sure people will will correct me, up to Hmm. 70% of United States, Hmm. Mexico, Hmm. and Canada. Yeah is experiencing cold weather that hasn't been experienced for decades. Mm. And in fact, the, the, the temperatures that are dropping and the mm. effects of the drop in temperature yeah. is, is breaking old records. Mm. And the severity mm. of the cold mm. is changing. Yeah. And that's the key, isn't it? Mm. That the effect of climate change is becoming more severe. Mm. Because if one was to look at our own winter, uh, summertime, yeah. we, we uh, in the United Kingdom, at home here, we, we, we talked of uh, when it was 35 degrees, mm. it was boiling. Then mm. it went to 36, 37, mm. 38. This summer, mm. we hit 40 degrees. Mm. In United Kingdom? Yeah. 40 degrees. 40 degrees. That's unheard of. Mm. It it won't make sense. Mm. If 30 years ago you had told me mm. we're going to be experiencing mm-hmm. 40 degrees, I would have said to you, shut the front door. <laughs> this ain't happening. Yeah. No. Mm. 
No, but then you know people people say that you know we're getting like such strong you know blizzards or snowstorms. Then you know you you talk about all the polar ice caps melting and this that. But we're getting such cold weather, so no, there is no climate change. Nothing's happening. But they are. But There's it is no happening. Global warming. Isn't it? Yeah. it is happening. It is though. happening. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about. Mm. That we have spoken about. Experts have written mm. about it for mm. decades. For decades. Yeah. We have been speaking about it mm. for decades. Mm. But that's all that's ever happened. Mm. There's been uh, research. Yeah. There has been write-ups. There's been talk. protests, talks. That's it. But no action. There's never ever been action. Mm. There's been lip service. Mm. And because there hasn't been any action, we are the architects mm. of this climate change. Yeah. We, and again, it goes back to what you were saying mm. earlier. Mm. Whose responsibility is it to look mm. after me? Mm. First, the, the me. people. No, no. Everyone's got to do their bit. Of course, of course, I understand. But the people we elect, who govern us, it's mm. their responsibility to look after the country, look after the so nation. So we, so we, so our responsibility yeah. is to elect the right people yeah. for the right yeah. reason. Even then, for us to blame the government. Well, who who but, um, allowed the government mm, to come in? Mm, we we did. did. We did. No, but they made, uh, we elected those people because they made, you know, they were like nice promises to us, basically. So, but they we, didn't. They so didn't. we should mm. look at substance, mm. not at the headline. Mm, definitely. Goes back to what we said definitely. earlier when we were talking about the first topic, education. Mm. People should mm. research. Mm. People should look at. Uh, substance of of a report, hmm. not just a headline. In my opinion, seventy to eighty percent of voters they don't know who or what policy they're voting for. Well, to me, that within itself is hmm. a, is a is, is well that what you just explained danger, yeah, hazard. Hmm. You know, that's like scary. No, this, but it's true. Oh, it is true. Yeah, but should that shouldn't that change? That should change. Everyone should get a proper education, and. Uh, if they they're not getting it from someone else, they should at least try to properly educate themselves. Well, let's go and talk uh, to someone who actually knows uh, what he's talking about, and, and, and you know, unlike me and you, mm. uh, uh, you know, just having a discussion of it. Let's go and talk to uh, Richard Smith, who is a chair of the Point of Care Foundation, which promotes compassionate, dignified care, and patients know best. Uh, a company that brings all medical and social care records together in one place under the control of patients and a co-chair of the Lancet Commission on the Value of Death. Um, from 1979 to 2004, he worked at the BMJ and was the editor of the journal and chief executive of the BMJ Publishing Group from 1991 until he left. From 2012 to 2018, he was the chair of ICDDRB, which was formerly known as the International Centre for Diarrheal uh, Disease Research and Bangladesh. Good morning, welcome, Aslanikum, and peace be on you, Richard. Thank you. Good morning. It's good to be here. That was a long introduction. <laughs> that, well, you know, we we like to do justice for our guests. <laughs> we we like our listener to know who we're talking to. Um, thank you for taking time out and and uh, coming on to the breakfast show. Could you please briefly describe your role, in addition to what I've just said, for the uh, for the UK Health Alliance, please? Yeah, so, so I am the chair of the UK Health Alliance on Climate Change, which has been going about 10 years. And it brings together almost all the uh, health bodies in Britain. So the Royal College of Physicians, Surgeons, Nurses, GPs, Pharmacists, 
It also includes the uh, the Lancet, the BMJ, and the BMA. And altogether, our members' members number just under a million, and we'll soon be above a million when the dentists join. So that's a big proportion mm. of the NHS workforce. So, and what we are about is doing everything we can to mitigate the effects of climate change, to do what we can to try and keep the global temperature increase below 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. And we encourage adaptation, recognizing that the effects of climate change are already here. Um, and we want to advocate the benefits to health hmm. that follow from all the kinds of changes we need to make in order to counter climate change. Almost all of those would also be good for our health. So in a way, we have a, a positive message as, yeah. as well as you know, a serious threat. Hmm. Definitely. And could you explain to us what the UK Health Alliance is doing in attempts to tackle climate change? Yes. One of the ways I explain it is by, I mean, in order to counter climate change, mm. we need to change at every level. Yeah. So we need to change globally. Mm. Um, and we have worked with medical journals all around the world, uh, most recently in Africa, to uh, help people recognize both the importance of staying below 1.5 and how that can only be achieved if high-income countries like Britain offer support to vulnerable countries like Bangladesh, which are the most threatened by mm. climate change. I mean, there's a, there's a justice issue here because the people who created the problem are us in industrial societies. Yeah. And the people who are suffering the most consequences are in Pakistan, Bangladesh, mm. Africa, South Asia. Mm. Uh, we, we're members of the Global Climate and Health Alliance, and then we advocate nationally on uh, you know encouraging the government to do everything it can to to stay below 1.5 increase we operate regionally working with cities so we've encouraged the ultra low emission zone in in london hmm. and then something that we we do a lot is work with the health system i think people have been a little slow to recognize that the health system itself is part of the problem yeah. so the nhs accounts for about 5% of, of Britain's uh, emissions and there is now a, a program to get the NHS to net zero which will mean very substantial changes mm. and then our, um, we encourage our members you know all these royal colleges to change and we've got a whole list of things we want them to do including advocating more getting to net zero and then we also in, we have to change professionally so mm. we have a working group on non uh, net zero surgery. So what does net zero surgery look like? How is it possible to do surgery and not emit you know, so many greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah. And then, of course, we also encourage people to change personally. So we're working at kind of every level. Hmm. Um, Richard, if I may just go back just a small bit. You talked about justice and you talk of advocacy um, in, in, in promoting uh, the, the message and to encourage change is there and, and you mentioned Bangladesh and Pakistan I mean Pakistan suffered I think it was a third of Pakistan is still underwater yeah, yeah. Um, you know yeah. um, you know it will take I mean I've been to Pakistan lived mm. there it, it will take a, a decade mm. minimum before mm. they can come out of the situation they're in yeah. is there a is there a desire uh, 
Because without desire, on wanting to deliver justice, um, you'll never achieve it. I mean, one of the discussions me and Atra were having earlier is that we seem to that we we know the research, we talk about the research, we talk about the effects, but when it comes to doing it, we have all these cops, and and we televise them and we promote them. But does is there a political desire? Because politics, unfortunately, is 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 key to this discussion. Hmm. Is there a political desire to 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 actually do something concrete? Yes, well, that's a that's a very good question because I mean the reality is that you know Britain, for example, has a legal commitment to get to net zero by two thousand and fifty. Um, we have all kinds of policies, but actually we're not doing very well at all. You know, there's a small drop in carbon emissions from Britain, but if you look across the world generally, things are going up. So despite all these cops. You know, which have been happening now for 27 years, there's lots of talk and not enough action. And, you know, why is that? I mean, that's one of the great sort of questions of our time. And I think in many ways, politicians follow people. Hmm. Um, so I think slowly, I mean, and I think there has been a big change in the last three years so you know what with Greta Thunberg and the Friday strikes, with Extinction Rebellion, with you know the heat wave in the summer, people are really waking up to the fact that this is a very serious problem and that we're not responding to it adequately. So I think when the people change, the the politicians will change. I think unfortunately it tends to work that way round, and I think. But I think to some extent people are a bit paralysed. You know, what does all this mean? How how do we need to change? And I suppose that's why with the UK Health Alliance we, we try to concentrate on all sorts of concrete things that can be done to, to make the change we need. But is the desire there? I mean, there's lots of words from politicians, at least in this country. We don't have many politicians completely denying that climate change is happening. But there just isn't the kind of level of commitment that there needs to be. I mean, in many ways, we need as, as if we were about to prepare for a war. You know, that that kind of level of change and commitment, and that that just doesn't seem to be there at the moment. I I sometimes think maybe you know, for people to change, they need to suffer a small loss to experience it. And and I, I remember growing up for a few years in Pakistan where eight years of no electricity was the norm, going to school. Yes. Maybe for one day a month we need to turn the electricity off and let people know that this is where most of the world actually lives in these circumstances. Maybe then they will choose the right people to govern us to ensure that this doesn't happen and this doesn't become a norm. Because having dirty water to drink, having no electricity, no gas, no roof over your head, um, is actually becoming a norm for a, 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 for a worrying, significant part of this earth. Uh, and and uh, it, it seems that 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 divide of understanding between developed and underdeveloped is getting bigger. And people are not realizing that how people are actually suffering because of 
the effects of climate change in the poorer part of the world? Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder what proportion of people in Britain have spent time, you know, in a low-income country, not on holiday in one of those sort of... Yeah, the tourist you know, areas. Comments, <laughs> but in a real, you know, to be in a Bangladesh slum. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To, exactly. You know, to walk around in Dhaka or to be in Sindh province. Of, I've been, you know, I've been in Pakistan and Bangladesh and India. I've been very fortunate to travel a lot. I think many people in Britain have not had that experience, and mm. there is a tremendous lack of understanding. I mean, you see that to some extent around the politics of aid. I mean, yes. it's a miserable amount of aid that we were committed to, and now even that has been reduced. Mm. And I mean, that, and you know, we are only going to solve this global problem of climate change if the rich countries provide you know, a very substantial support financially and technically to the most vulnerable countries and and that you know as you know is the big debate at every cop that you know is this going to happen again there are promises made but then it isn't delivered as fully as it should be i, I agree so with you a, i think i think one thing i would go further i would say take the aid give the aid but give it to the correct people allow the the scientists to run the show. I think there needs to be a kind of a, a collaboration between people who are non-political, um, of people who are giving the aid and the people who are receiving it. Politics needs to be taken out and let the experts do their thing. Let NGOs um, do their thing um, and, and, and keep politics out because cause that's where things break down. Or... Or, or people who give aid start questioning what happened with the aid. And then the countries where there, there is, uh, again, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, factual thing is in, in a lot of the third world, a lot of the poorer part of the countries, there there are political, you know, questions that, that can be legitimately be asked about what happened to the money. So if politics gets taken out um, and, and independent NGOs are given a bit more, um, uh, uh, impetus, then then maybe things can go move forward. Yeah, so maybe we need to go even further. You know, there's this whole movement for giving money directly yes. to the people who need it, and you know they are the people who best understand their circumstances, best know how they can use those resources to 100%. advance their life. You know, that's a whole movement at the moment, and yeah. I think. I mean, I'm not an expert on all of that, but as I understand it, there's a lot of evidence behind the idea that instead of giving money to governments or NGOs, you give the money directly to people that actually that produces the, the best return. And of course, you don't need a whole lot of bureaucracy and administration in order to do that. Agreed. Agreed. Hmm. No, most definitely. Um, to what extent do you think winter gets affected by climate change? Yes, well, I, I, I mean, what we know is that the climate is gradually warming and that overall our winters are getting warmer. Uh, mm. I mean, we know that. And in fact, in some ways, there's a bigger increases in temperature in winter than there is in summer. But at the same time, we're going to continue with the cycle of, you know, summer, autumn, winter, spring. And one of the things that climate change does, I mean, we're, we're in a sense disrupting the whole climate. And the climate 
is a very weather is a very complicated thing. There are many influences mm. on it, mm. and I think one of the ways to think about it is that everything gets more extreme. So we have more droughts, but we also more have more floods. Mm. We have more heat waves, yeah. but we also have you know, tremendous spells of a really profound winter, as is happening in the U.S. at the moment, and also. It shifts the climate. So somewhere like Florida, for example, which yeah. is experiencing you know snow and ice and low temperatures, like it's never experienced before, mm. or not for ages and ages. Mm. So it, it, I think that it makes everything more extreme, uh, and that's so. Actually, it's not as if you know we're just we're going to be spending balmy winters. Yeah. And of course, one of the things that undoubtedly happens with climate change is that. In winter, we get more rain, so mm. we're going to see more floods. Mm. And you know, I think that may well be the next thing we see in in January, February, March, April. You know, more flooding. There's lots of evidence. I mean, that's that's well established. Yeah. And you know, in terms of where the UK stands at this point in time, do you think we'll ever be able to tackle climate change and create a sustainable environment for the future? Well, I think we have to continue to think so. Yeah. Um, I think what we need to recognize is that I don't think it means that I think in order to create a sustainable future, it, it can't be life as now hmm. only decarbonized. Yeah. I think it's going to be, have to be very different in many ways. Um, and then, so if I think about healthcare, I mean, there is a commitment to get the NHS to net zero, but, but I think it's going to be, have to be different in more ways than, than we recognize at the moment. It, it's not doing everything we do now only in a low-carbon way. It, it's, it's going to be something different. And I think that you know there's a lot of imagination and a lot of thought required to work out what that kind of world will look like. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Richard. It's been a very enlightening discussion. Thank you so much for shedding your knowledge upon this topic. For now, have a good morning. Take care and peace be upon you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Bye-bye. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Interesting. Mm, very, very interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Um, Do you know, I think uh, the, the, a kind of answer to, the, to your question is like why nothing is being done, uh, no action is being taken, is uh, that, you know, Everyone takes things for granted. And until something is gone, until something is missing, you won't realize its value. Hmm. And that is the harsh reality. And once, you know, b before, you know, everyone, uh, like, you know, these major superpowers of the world, they were in bed with Russia. They were doing business with them, buying gas from them, oil. And as soon as, you know, Putin, he started attacking, they're like, oh, back off, sanctions this, sanction that, we're not going to buy from you, this, that. So as... They they wait they wait until the very last point where something has gone wrong and then they'll take action. You see, you reap what you sow. Mm, exactly. It's taken time, mm. but now we've got to a point where in the West mm. we are so reliant on all of these third parties. Yeah who we've always looked down on, mm. talked down mm. to, and they're not no, slaves anymore. 
because our they've, countries they themselves have become masters our countries don't have the resources we have to look to the other countries yes. to get them agreed yeah agreed but what i'm talking about is mm. um the likes of yeah. the russias and yeah. the indians yeah. yeah they don't bow to the mm. west anymore they yeah. don't need to they don't need to china mm. china rules the world yeah these and 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 the developed nations need to realize mm. that they're on the same table now yeah stop looking down mm. on people mm. when it was time for the west to become industrialized mm. they did everything possible yeah to progress and cause mm. the damage that mm. we um that that we are suffering now mm. we need to be able to go to and sit down with the like countries like china and india and brazil mm. and the indonesias and the malaysias mm. who are who are emerging economies yeah and say to them look we need to work together mm. justly mm. equally mm. to ensure yeah and to and if need be mm. we need to pay the price yeah we the developed world mm. needs to pay the price and compensate mm. and look for alternatives and to give freely some mm. of the alternatives because we have benefited so when india when bangladesh and pakistan are under water mm. they're not under water because of something pakistanis have done or the bengalis have done exactly they're under water because of the climate change the effects of climate change which have been caused by the industrial nations they're under water also because of the corrupt politicians who didn't take active measures and uh, put active measures in place have proper flood uh, flood prevention systems in place and you know they just took the money for themselves again yes but it's politics and that's the, that's what no, the politics they're ruining their own country for their own people and they don't care they just care about lining no their politician pockets no politician does yeah but this is what i'm saying yeah. this we've got no, to the, a point yeah exactly we have got to a point where the politics needs mm. to be taken out of it mm, and i think richard's point definitely. of going direct to the people mm. makes sense mm. because if packages, nothing else yeah, has a lot worked, of these eight packages you know that do get sent out they go straight into the hands of the politicians and sometimes they're never heard of again now we are voice of islam mm. and uh, islam is a way of life of course and all aspects of uh, um, all, all, all our lives and um, all the challenges that we face in life there is mm. a remedy for it mm. in the beautiful religion of islam and importance of looking after our environment yeah is islam yeah is 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 unbelievably islamic because god almighty has given us this earth um, and it is um our responsibility to make sure that we look after it. Hmm. Let's go and listen to an audio clip of his holiness um explaining a male strength in his hand the fifth caliph of the promised messiah Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed um um what uh, Islam's take is on climate change. My question is many people are worried about climate change recently. What is Islam's take on climate change and is there any advice for people at home? <laughs> you see Allah Taala says that excess of everything is bad, right? Although you see, whatever the climate change is, because of the industrial revolution, too much uh, smoke is being sent on in the air, air is being polluted. This is why it is one of the causes of the climate changes. Secondly, 
the 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 trees are being cut and uh, no new forestation is being done in the especially in the third world countries right although the population is increasing but if we have proper plans we can make we can accommodate the population in such a way that uh, within the limited area of the land we can accommodate as many people as possible right and infrastructure should be provided according to that okay so if we are not following the you need the what law of nature requires from us then the ultimate result will be that we are going to ruin our future we are going to doom ourselves or our generation so the the best way is that uh, instead of the the greed or involving too much involving ourselves too much in in the in the the comfort of the world and by creating so much of uh, gadgets and, and you see without any uh, you know proper planning increase our production and because of the competition as china is doing and india is doing or america is doing now china china says that because america started this pollution on of the climate pollution some 100 years ago so this is why they have announced themselves now we have started it now and we shall take again next 100 years before we stop so every country have their own vested interests they are not uh, thinking of their future about their future generation right so the best thing is that apart from making proper planning that uh, how much fuel emission should be done or how can we control it alongside it we should encourage and even force the third world countries to plant more trees so their uh, the air pollution becomes less and in this way it will help us to reduce the climate change okay okay assalamu alaikum welcome back to wednesday morning breakfast show with myself kayum and my young brother other and <clears throat> just before the break we were listening to an audio clip where his holiness hazrat mirza masrur the fifth caliph of the promised messiah and uh, the found um, and uh, the may Allah strengthen his hand the leader of the Yamdi Muslim community explaining um you know the islamic perspective on the on climate change and um, and what needs to be done and the tree planting um um is a a, a major major mm. uh, uh scheme that mm. has been running within the Yamdi Muslim community for a very long time yeah Um, I think m- more than a million trees have uh, successfully been mm. planted by the Amdi Muslim Youth Association yep. 
uh, within the United Kingdom. Mm. Um, and I'm sure somebody will call and correct me, but I don't need to be corrected on that because I think it's a lot more yeah. than a million. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, under the guidance of His Holiness. Of His Holiness, yes. Uh, because, of course, um, the, the, you know, to talk about it, mm. uh, what we said, mm. to, to, you know, we know the problem. Mm. We've talked about it. Yeah. And within the community and within the true teachings of Islam, because mm. Islam is a living religion. Islam yeah. is a practical religion. Islam says, you know, if you're going to walk, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to mm. walk the walk. Most definitely. But, you know, you've got to do both. Mm. Islam always teaches moderation and the middle path. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, hence why the practical side of, mm. uh, of, of uh, this issue Hmm. major issue for the future generations is that we need to take action now. Definitely. And that's what His Holiness is talking about. Hmm. That's what His Holiness is guiding us to hmm. do. That we need to ensure, it is our responsibility to ensure that we leave a, a, the world in a better place than, hmm. than, than what we had for the future generations. Definitely. And that can only be done by action, mm. not words, mm. not lip service, not mm. promises, mm. not even money. Mm. As you so rightly yeah. said, that money will be exchanging hands and it will never end up in the pockets mm. it was supposed to be going mm. to. So it will be, it, it will be, you know, just, just, we'll just be feeding the greed even more. Mm. And you know, um, I have this thought as well, sometimes in my mind as well, that me as an individual, what can I do, right? What can I do that's going to make a difference in the world? But when everyone has that thought and everyone d does do something, it will make a difference. Even yes. as individuals, we can make a very big difference. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, just to finish off, uh, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, the world is green and pleasant. Allah the Almighty made you his vicegerents in it so that he might show you how to react to it. So be aware of the beguilement of the world and the women. The first trial of Bani Israel, people of Israel, was through women. This is followed by the fact that this, in, in a series of UN reports, such as the sixth assessment report, thousands of scientists and governments reviewers agreed that limiting global temperature rise to no more than 1.5 degrees could help us avoid the worst climate impacts and maintain a livable climate. Yet policies currently in place point to a 2.8 degrees temperature rise by the end of the century. Everyone must take climate action, but people and countries creating more of the problems have a greater responsibility to act first. Thank you for taking time out and listening to us this morning. Thank you to our production team. Thank you to uh, Adil Ahmed, Malahatata, Namude Sahar, Tahir, Mehrushala. Uh, uh, Maria Safia, thank you to brother Akib, thank you to our young brother um, Atar for joining me this morning, thank you to all of our guests, thank you to you for listening to us uh, Breakfast Show will be back tomorrow with Asim and, and Shahil um, forgive any shortcomings, until we meet again may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all